2: Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now. One, two, three. Yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host, DK, and with me, as always, is Scooby-Dooby-Loo.
3: <laughs> have we okay, that one you before? know what? You know what? No, I don't think you have, but that... That is good. Who did that? Shout out to Alan Strovich on our Discord channel. Thank you so much, Alan, for giving us that nickname. Strovich, I don't have anything to send you, but if I could, I would. Scooby-Dooby-loo is, is solid, and I, I think that that's... That's the most creative one we've gotten that so That is, and
2: it is wonderful. It is like, wonderful.
3: I love Lugio because I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, but like Scooby-Dooby-loo, that's... Oh, that's good.
2: So we want to do a quick shout out on the podcast. This, uh, this topic has been introduced to us by, well, one of my friends, his name is Gavin McMahon, who is a extremely talented producer.
3: He has nothing to do with the WWE.
2: It, huh? WWE? McMahon? Okay. I, oh, I never don't mind. watch you, WWE. You keep doing that. Yeah. It. yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Gavin is an incredibly talented songwriter, producer, uh, instrumentalist, blah, 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 um, and goes on. And Gavin still lives in Utah, which is where I was living the last—well, I've now lived in L.A. for a little over a year, about a year and a half. But before then, I was living in Utah for about four or five years and we were friends out there, and, and he's talking about the benefits of moving to L.A. Why is it worth moving to L.A., or why is it not worth moving to L.A.? We want to talk about that. But before we do, mm-hmm. I want to talk real quickly, for shout-out, if you love the Mixed Music podcast and you want to be more involved, well, guess what? You can. You can be part of our live recordings on Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are currently, even at, right now, we are live streaming on Twitch And you can come in and you can comment and ask questions on Twitch and we will expand further as long as the questions and comments are
3: within the realm of the episode.
2: Yeah, there you go. Within the realm of the topic of the episode, then we will, we would love to interact with you. We'd love to hear with you. And in order to do that, you just follow me on Twitch, which is twitch.tv backslash DK mixes. That is backslash D E E K E I mixes. And I am live every Monday at 2 PM for our podcast. I am also live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. for mix feedback. So if you'd love to get feedback on your mixes for free, go to, again, twitch.tv backslash DKMixes. Lou is also on Twitch doing live streaming every Monday night at 6 p.m. And that is twitch.tv backslash mastered by Lou. He goes over mixing, loves to answer questions and very interactive. Uh, This is just one way that you can interact with us directly and we're trying to scale and upscale our amount of content that we create on live stream. So right now we're live and we're really grateful for Gavin who is on the stream with us right now. And if you're watching our videos on YouTube, you will see Gavin's comments right here um, and as talking about this. So we'll- Oh wait,
3: there's more. There's more? Yeah. Spotify has recently- Allowed a new rating system. Oh, yeah.
2: we There's a new rating system on Spotify for podcasts specifically, a five-star yeah. rating system, which is new. Apple's been doing this, but this is extremely, extremely important. If you haven't already, uh, you don't have to write any words down. Just go nope. to Spotify, go to our podcast profile. Please click on five stars. You have no idea how incredibly helpful that is for our show and for supporting us. It's this absolutely an free and it takes 10 seconds. Yeah, it's absolutely free and takes ten, 10 seconds. It's a new feature. We really appreciate any sort of help. Um, so please go ahead and do that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, even better. Please leave a five-star review. If you're on Apple Podcasts specifically, please leave a couple of words. Like, thanks, guys. Like, the if you leave a written review, it, it does more than just a five-star. You, know, five you stars. could
3: also add, you know, I'm just saying, an idea for another Lou name. There you go. In the, in the, in the comments. In that the would comments. be the funniest comments to read. In the review, yeah. So... Um, today's podcast episode is really
2: exciting. Thanks again to Gavin for bringing this up. We're talking about the the benefits of moving to LA. And we do have someone that is a native LA engineer, Lou hey. and uh, and <laughs> and I moved here about a year and a half ago, and we both own studios here in LA. We both have our own mixing clients and and engineering clients. Um, you and I, Uh, I've started doing like some songwriting and some production for different people and had some, got some cool credits there. So um, I want to make sure we have a lot of perspectives coming into this. Gavin specifically said breaking up this episode into three parts. One for the engineer moving to LA as an artist or moving to LA as a producer. So I don't know how much we can speak on behalf of artists and producers but I can at least speak on behalf of per- engineers and just in general theory I love economics it's one of those weird things that's that's is uniquely DK I love economics and and we'll I'll just touch into like some economics 101 stuff here um, but I think the first most important thing general ideas and and I want you to talk about, as soon as I say this stuff, I want you to talk about specific applications and, and ways that you've seen this to be true or not true. Okay. Um, but the first concept that I want to talk about is opportunity cost. Now, this is extremely important. Opportunity cost is extremely important in and the expensive. sense that, yeah, well, potentially. So, for example, opportunity cost is um, if you, in the case of an engineer, right? Or an artist or a producer, I lived in Utah. Where rent was—it's it's a lot more expensive now, but um, when I was living there, even a t- couple of years ago, it was—you're looking at, like, a one- or two-bedroom apartment for around a grand, maybe a little bit more. So, like, relatively—not quite half, but relatively inexpensive compared to L.A. I
3: mean, significantly inexpensive compared to L.A. Yeah.
2: So, but I think that—this is important to state— Um, but opportunity cost is an actual calculatable number of counted in dollars of the money that you can potentially make from, from opportunities. For example, in LA, how much more likely are you going to be called up last minute and booked for a session that is paid? What is the opportunity of working with bigger clientele? There's, there's opportunity cost involved and, and there's a whole science and I'm not an economic. Would you factor expert. how much it
3: costs you for each time you get called as well?
2: Yeah, exactly. So each call and how much that's worth. So there's a lot of opportunities here in LA that is a factor. And, and this is one of the big things that people continue to forget about. And, and I want to emphasize the importance of this. If once, when I did the numbers, right, you t- type in rent, which is about double in LA compared to Utah. You do taxes, which is a little bit less than double, for sure less than double. You do living expenses like groceries and electricity and internet, less than double. Gas, still not quite double, even though it's a lot more expensive here. It's still not quite double, okay? So let's just round it out and say that it costs twice as much here, just, just for the sake of keeping this simple. Yeah. The opportunities that are in LA versus Utah is more significantly more than double. Oh yeah. The chances of someone uh having an artist with a lot of money and some major funding whether it's outside or inside of a label that you work with that translates into your pocket is significantly higher. Like if you have a label session um like Post Malone coming to Utah was one of the biggest deals ever our, our screen is going weird. But uh, um, is one of the biggest deals ever. Like, it was so big of a deal because no A or S tier artist has ever come to Utah like that, mm-hmm. right? But in L.A., all of those S and A tier artists and even B and C tier artists, they all live here.
3: Oh, They're all just down the street. Yeah, and they, they all use live, studios around here. Yeah, they all live around like 10 minutes away from even our location.
2: We've we've had this business now for two less than two years. Actually,
3: a year and a half. Not even a year and a yeah. half. And... We've had many Grammy Award winners. Uh, we've had multi-platinum. Shit, we had a diamond artist that came I, through. I, I'm on the Grammy board right now, and you're yeah. working on
2: getting on the Grammy board.
3: Yeah, and I got the nominations. Just need to fill out the paperwork. There you go. And then uh, also,
2: um, yeah, we've had big clients come in for the first time to test us out. Like, you don't just have a big label-funded artist come in willy-nilly because they found you on Google, but that happens in L.A., and it did it happen does. to us. It does. And, and
3: In and, fact, who was it? Snot? Snot that has come in. Smoke of Perp
2: came in. Yeah, yeah. We've had Ka- Cash Page came in.
3: Uh, we had Chica.
2: We had Chica. And we've Cash had a Cole, lot of names.
3: So uh, Eric Bellinger. And these
2: are not names that you can just have in. Like uh, we almost had oh, Playbook. No, Eric Bellinger. These are names that didn't quite come in, but almost mm. came in. Yeah. We've had almost Playboy Cardi come in. We've yeah. almost had Metro Boomin come in. And and these are not people that were like, hey, like, well. You can, you could, depending on how you, I mean this, but I mean, these are not people that I asked, for example, I didn't ask Playboy Card to come in. These are people that just like, oh yeah, I'm connected to him and you have a really great spot. And yeah, this happened. That, yeah. That's a dream in Utah. That's like impossible. Um, we've had three interns now during this year and a half that has come in and all, all three of them or two of them are no longer working at the studio because we gave them so many opportunities as engineers that they were making enough money to leave and do their own thing. One literally, of them just moved to Atlanta.
3: Yeah, one of them moved to Atlanta. One of them is now flying around the world, literally, working with uh, two artists that he went from not knowing Pro Tools to becoming an A&R and an artist manager within one year. So, no, maybe a year and a half max, but the we were talking about opportunity costs. Holy crap, a year and a half Yeah. That's fast.
2: So I think that if, once I crunch the numbers and, and depending on what your opportunities are, right. Um, for me, living in Utah, doing music was significantly more expensive than living in LA and doing music significantly more expensive. And honestly speaking, I wish I had moved to LA years before. Well, I mean, I was in school, so I couldn't, but if I wish that I would have been in LA a lot earlier. And so the the second thing that is important economic. So one, sorry, let me back up a little bit. Lou,
3: what do you think about that? Honestly, you're kind of giving I, your thoughts in between, but I think this is actually pretty on point. The main reason is this: as an LA native, uh, here's the funny thing. Remember how I mentioned that I like to work with people from out of town more than I like to people who are who are more native to this place? Is because There are also those who actually see the opportunity in being here, and they come with a hunger, and they're actually much more motivated. And because of that, they actually get the results they're looking for. If you put the work in in L.A., you can get the results. If you just go about it passively, like, sure, something can inevitably happen, but that's part of the opportunities out here. Even people who are acting passively will have success out here. Uh, You know how many times I'm not even, like – Thankfully, I built my name out here with many people. Uh, and the one reason I did that is for a long time, people would ask me, like, oh, so what kind of engineering do you do? I'm like, you can consider me a Minuteman engineer. I'm the kind of guy that if you call at three in the morning, I'm ready and available. That's how I got in the room with people like Ray J. I remember one night I got a call from one of the producers that I knew. He knew I was always willing to help and he just knew I would answer my phone. So he calls me at 3 a.m. Literally, I'm in bed with Anna. He's like, hey, I'm at 17 Hertz Studio right now. My hard drive just went down. Could you help me out? I'm here at a major session. 17 I'm like, Hertz? Is yeah. that the brown note? I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, possibly. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. But still, um, the funny thing is this. I went to the studio just to help a producer that I knew out. And the reality is I knew him as a friend, just somebody that I got along with in L.A. I knew he was successful, but I never expected anything as, uh, out of it. So I went, helped him out with the hard drive. And I was like, cool, like you good? And he's like, Yeah, by the way, just so you know, there's a Ray J session that I'm involved in right now, and the engineer is getting tired. Like, if you're down, like could you take over the session? I'm like, That's incredible. Sure. Yeah. And literally for the next two uh, for the next three days I worked with Ray J. But that's the thing. It was just on the whim. Why? Because I'm in town. And I could help him out. But he's not gonna call somebody in and I'm just using Utah as the example, but He's not going to call somebody from out of state to show up to a studio in LA in a major session to help him out because guess what? You know how much love the guy actually ended up having for me because I went to him to help him out when he was in a major session. Yeah. So now he's over here giving me opportunities to work in those sessions. That's amazing. And and I do
2: specifically think that's because you lived here and were close and you were already there. And, exactly. And, and I think the big part of this is that it's the networking these were, these were that random. Helped. It's not like... This is something that I think is incredible. I say no to more than half of the work that I get requested to do here. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's bad on me and I'm putting a lot of money, leaving a lot of money on the table. I'll, I'll pick it up. But you know, but <laughs> there you go. And I, and I have been able to, Lou and I, we've both been able to put a lot of money into other people's pockets because of the overflow of demand. Yep. Now,
3: which is part of once again a reason to come here.
2: Yeah, and which is part of that opportunity, right? Yep. So, I think that that's important to say. In Utah, I was scraping by and grabbing a hundred percent. I was forced to a hundred percent of everything that they asked me, even if it was unreasonable. I had to do it or else I couldn't pay rent. Here, I could say no, and I'm fine. Yep. And I do think that that's incredible. And, and without this-
3: without asking specific numbers, if you can put it into a percentage. Of the, incre- of the rates you were charging in Utah, what would you say a percentage increase was when you got here and established yourself more here?
2: Okay, so let's just say that, uh, I'll put it simply. In Utah, I paid a little bit less than $1,000 for a building, a crappy building, nonetheless, for a building with three rooms in it. Mm-hmm. I rented out two of the rooms. I used one of the rooms myself. Okay? Mm-hmm. I could afford that. That was fine. and I, I was able to pay my rent at home. Yeah. Okay. What do we pay here for two rooms? We pay almost 5 grand. Actually, we do pay 5 grand for
3: two rooms here. Plus storage and stuff. Well, but yeah, 5 grand about total. About
2: 4 or 5 grand total plus. Yeah. yeah, anyway. We pay a little bit like 5-6 grand. Yeah. And I'm still able to pay rent at home. Yeah.
3: I, I, I don't I, think, I think neither one of us worries about that.
2: And and I think how much I take home is not
3: as relevant. different, yeah, you
2: know, it's it's not it's not well. Like, there's a little bit of difference there. Obviously, I'm taking more home here because you know, yeah. but uh,
3: but at the same time, like your cost of operation is five times higher, not including employees, but yet we're still able to clear it with yeah. just as much work.
2: And granted, expenses are more, so there's some sort of like proportional data that we could put
3: together. But yeah, I think that. And here's the thing, guys. I, we're talking about five grand. But that's because we decided to open our own commercial location. If you're coming out here as an artist, you're not opening a commercial location. If you're out here as a producer, maybe you get a studio to and work with your clients. you don't have to pay five grand. You could be at a much less. studio. Yeah, you could, could be, be at a smaller spot. We, but have,
2: a, we have a nicer spot.
3: Yeah, sure. our, our big goal in our partnership in this business is that we wanted a place for our clients to be able to work with us that wasn't home. And to be able to open up these doors to a lot of the professionals in our industry at a lower cost with higher quality – what the community feel once again, commercial quality, community feel, the idea is to help the community.
2: Yeah. In the mix studios.com. Anyway. um, I think the next thing about this quick economics term, that's really important. And this Gavin is, if you're still listening is, is very much pertaining to you. And, and, and I want to be careful with this, but one of the major rules of economics is forgetting lost money. For example, example, if you spend a thousand dollars into a stock, mm-hmm. and you've lost money, let's say you lose five hundred bucks, so you lost half of it. the The basic rules of economics say, do not let the emotional loss, the emotions from losing affect. Like, for example, the worst thing you should do and and any sort of economic statement, the worst thing that you could do is say, I've already put this much money into this. I'm just going to keep pouring more money into it because I think it can turn around. Yeah. So that's the worst thing they can do. If you're losing money, you have to cut off lost profits or lost money and and not let the emotions of what you can lose dictate your next move. So in in Gavin's specific sense, which is, this is a very important thing. An economist, no, economist, there you go, that's the worst, that's the worst. An economist will tell you, Gavin, I know that you've spent that much money into a home, putting in a proper recording studio and putting that much time and effort modifying and making the home beautiful, but... If you find that there is potential more profit living in LA, then an economist will tell you, forget about how much money you've put into a home and go start anew
3: in a place that has more potential. You know, I I have this question. Maybe you can answer it, but uh, maybe Gavin can shine some light on this. But at Gavin's level, what is the average budget for a producer of his nature in Utah? I'm not sure. See, the reason I ask is from what I've heard. Let's say Aphrodisiac uh, by Nicole, which Gavin produced, uh, right? Am I getting that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that record would probably sell for between five dollars to $10,000, not including his royalties given up. So what would something like that sell for in Utah? See, the cost of a record out there would be significantly lower because the cost of operation is lower. The cost of opportunity out there is so expensive that like, Hey, we can't pay that much for this. Like there's just not a lot of a music scene out here compared to in LA. But if you're in LA and you get in front of the right artists with records of that quality that actually have a budget labels, half the time in my experience, if I charge up a uh, 200% of what my normal rate is, the label doesn't question it. Hmm sure I have to wait 30 days sure I have to wait 60 days if it's an astronomical amount but I've never heard the word no
2: yeah and and, and again it comes
3: back down to a thousand how a song quickly, how quickly you run into he said a thousand a song is what he charges yeah if and, you were and selling heard, that I've to a label you can I've, take ten
2: and I've heard as much for example like another good friend Nate Piper, out in Utah I've heard mm-hmm. it at least when I asked him a, a couple of years ago he said he was charging like two grand a song mm-hmm. and, and there's a whole business of wealthy parents paying for their children that that there's a that's a whole business in Utah, yeah, and then yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. In most
3: in most in most non music and even music cities. But the funny thing is, you find artists with budget left and right in LA, whether it's financed by an individual, whether it's financed by an independent label, whether it's financed on their own, or by an actual corporate label. But uh, the funny thing is this: any that I've worked with an artist that is actually signed, let's say when I was working with Ari um, at Dreamville. I remember uh, their engineers at the time were getting paid between like 25 to 35 an hour. I walked in. I just helped them repair a studio. The SSL wasn't working. The barefoots weren't working. All kinds of stuff wasn't working before my session started. Upon fixing everything, obviously, my value was shown. And uh, when I was asked, like, how much do you charge? I'm like, oh, I'm 50 an hour. They're like, oh, that's a little bit higher. But you know what? I don't mind. I'd rather pay a little more to get the right people involved. Dope. It was it wasn't a negotiation. Yeah. It just was okay.
2: Also like I will say this is another opportunity thing here which is crazy. This is this is just something that it still feels weird for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But in Utah, I mean anybody that has any kind of big money, you know who they are to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean there's not a lot of randomly wealthy people. Yeah. But in LA, there are people ready to spend 10 grand on a song. Without even, that doesn't even hurt them.
3: It looks like they like, haven't showered in a week half and, the time. And more
2: importantly, and it, it may not, yes, it's, I think it's partially due to income. Like some people out here, like making, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot more normal to be making a lot of money out here. But I also think it's like the priority given to the arts. Oh yeah. I think people out here are willing to pay more for arts because there's a lot more priority involved. There's just so much more priority in the arts than than in Utah. So I, I think that this is a prime example and I don't want to like start convinced. And, and the last thing that I want, okay, sorry, let me, nobody's I'm saying, I'm not stuttering. Let LA. me, let me control my thoughts here and organize my thoughts. The last thing that I want to say goes back to one of our first episodes that we ever did on mixing music. This is before you became a co-host, mm-hmm. And I talked about my session with mixed with the masters with Leslie Brathwaite. Mm-hmm. And, um, In that seminar, which was almost three years ago now, I was one of two, well, I was one of the two, which was out of 12 people who Leslie didn't have feedback for, for a mix. It was good enough that he's like, I don't, this is a good mix. He doesn't have feedback for, and, and, which was incredible to hear, being I'm sure told that put enough. a big that old was, confusing
3: I, smile on you. Yeah.
2: Well, at first I was angry. I, I, you should listen to that original episode. Um, as as I go into insight about that. But Leslie, I asked Leslie, and I asked him during that seminar, and I asked him later again at Nam, mm-hmm. and I, I think I've asked him a third time, I and mean, I've asked other people the same thing, and the answers are always the same. I said, Leslie, and especially because he knows what my makes it sound like, right, Leslie. I want to get better after a certain point. How do you just get better? Like at an advanced level. Yeah. And he said, both times he said the same things. DK, sometimes it's not about getting better. Sometimes it's about where you live that is stopping you from achieving a higher level, uh, higher level career
3: and goals or income. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's very true, because I thought what I thought you were going to say is what I've heard in the past is get better clients. Well, you can't really. Well, depending depending on what it's obviously depending. But but like, let's say that you're a great mixing engineer, but all the content you're being given to mix is not necessarily of that caliber. Uh, It's obviously going to sound like your mixes are not. Of a great caliber. Now, when you're working with great caliber artists, great caliber producers with great sound selection, that also really helps in boosting your own morale. Yeah.
2: Uh, So I thought that was very interesting. And, And that was a big part of the reason why I decided to move to L.A. specifically is because Leslie had told me personally multiple times on many accounts, DK, it is not the mixing that you need to improve. It is the location that will help you improve your career. And, and in yeah. turn your skill. So it was, and that, that was a big influence on my decision to move here and, and a very personal one. At the la- and, and I think the last thing that I want to say about this is that, um, for example, Gavin is married and has a lot going on. And nice. I'm married and with kids and there's many people in that are listening right now that have various levels of uh, responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. And I think that it is foolish to throw away responsibility in pursuit of some dream out here Mm -hmm. without any sort of structure or reason or plan. I don't care about the opportunity cost or anything that I said earlier. Yeah. If, if it's not planned out. So whatever you decide to do, whatever anybody that's listening decides to do, it is important to recognize that it is a very personal decision and there are no faults in whatever decision you make. If you decide to stay in Wichita, Kansas, whoever's listening from Kansas, right? Um, it is not bad to stay there. You're not losing, well, depending on how you look at it, you're not losing out on anything because the only thing that you should be gaining from your doing music is is enjoyment. Yeah. And I know a yeah. lot of people at the same time that have moved to LA and have, either was already making a living or then made it a living for music living that are miserable yeah and and so I don't think that pursuing music for income is I don't think it's a bad goal but I don't think that it's a necessary goal I
3: hear and you and I yeah. do
2: think that it's never worth sacrificing enjoyment peace and and self love in exchange for moving to some place for the clout
3: yeah, absolutely. The funny thing is, like, depending on where you're actually trying to move to and essentially stabilize yourself, you shouldn't necessarily just do because somebody told you to either. You have to really want to because the last thing you want to do is arrive and be like, you know, I didn't really plan for this. I was just told that this was the right move, but I didn't really look. That's a, yeah, much. that's a really bad. Like, yeah, like I've I've met a lot of people who told me like I was not like in your case where I was told to move here and then they just did. Obviously you put some plans to I remember when we first started talking about building the business together, you had a set amount of goals that you were trying to hit within certain dates and all that. Obviously life will let us know what if that's possible or not. But I've met a few people who they move here with no plan and they end up moving back like two months later. And it's like what was the point? And and, and I you think you shot yourself in the foot. And to piggyback on that, I think plans are important.
2: But, but honestly they're not,
3: speaking, they're never hundred percent
2: kind of going back to, and I really hope that this helps and we're speaking to Gavin, which is funny because he's here in the chat. And again, you should join us on Twitch, join yes. us on Twitch, right? Um, I'll even link the Twitch links to, on our mixingmusicpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. So by the time you hear this, you can go to mixing and you can go to our uh, Twitch accounts. And if you follow us, you'll get notified when we go live. Anyway, um, I think to kind of wrap this up is I'm a big fan Of trusting your gut. Oh yeah. Whatever that means, if you're a spiritual person or not, trust your gut. And if your gut is telling you, you need to move to LA, then it doesn't matter what's out here or what's not. What matters is that you, you trust your gut. And if, if your gut and if it mentally, if in your mind, it makes sense to move to LA, but emotionally your gut says it's not quite time then it's not quite time. Yeah. It's not quite time. And so, uh, I think that that's important to say. And and again, it's not just LA, it's Nashville, it's New York, it's any big city that has music. And I really hope most importantly that everybody is able to find the balance and able to reach their goals and, to allow themselves to enjoy whatever scenario they might be in. This is something that I believe in and, and I will continue to promote is this idea of looking for diamonds, even if it's in your backyard. Yes, there are diamonds in that, uh, South African volcano site, you know, but (laughs) what's stopping you until you fly out to Africa volcano sites. Yeah. You can at least start digging in your backyard
1: Yeah,
2: and you may not find diamonds, but you'll find something quality, but you'll find something. And I think that no matter where you are, you should be looking for diamonds. And I think that's a really great pr- place to end this episode. I, I hope think that so. I hope that many people kind of get to think about this, and you know, not make any rash decisions, but uh, put these thoughts into their next plan. So thank you so much for listening. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy.
0: One, two, three. <laughs>
2: Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now.